Come on, Res Life Church. Let's make a shout for Jesus tonight. Come on. Y'all looking good. Go ahead and take a seat. Before we get started, I just want to take a moment. I really believe what we just experienced was a prophetic moment. God's presence and his spirit is in this place, and I believe that there is somebody in here who's waiting for something. And this is not just one of those like preacher talks where they come up and they try to sound deep. I really believe that there's someone here that's believing for God to do something. But as I was sitting there, as we were worshiping, it kind of came to me, and I really believe this is what the Holy Spirit is saying, that there may be somebody who doesn't even know what's coming that they don't even know what to expect and that God has something for you. And so as the worship team was up here singing, I I believe that we should just take a moment right now and just put our hands in the posture of reception and receiving. For those who are waiting for something, think about that thing. Declare, God, I am believing for it. And for those individuals who may be in this room and say, I don't even know what I'm looking for. I don't even know what I'm waiting for. I just came in here just to get a word, just to sing some songs. I I just want you to say, God, whatever it is, I'm here for it. Whatever it is that you want to deliver into my life, whatever it is that I don't even know I'm expecting, God, but you know the end from the beginning, you know my needs. And so, God, I'm here for it. Whatever it is, Lord, I'm here for it. And, God, you hear our hearts. You see our hands. Now, God, deliver in only the way you can. And the whole church said, amen. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, that worship was incredible. Can we give it up for the band and the worship team? I swear they were in my notes because every single song that sang, that's why I said I believe this is a prophetic moment because God wants to do something or share something or deliver something in you here today for such a time as this. And so before I go any further, I just would love to give honor to where honor is due to the lead pastors of the house, Pastor Dwayne and Jeannie Vanderklok. Can we give them some honor? Thank you so much for allowing me to be here one more again. If anybody does not know me, my name is Muta, and I am the adoptive son of the Vanderklocks. Thank God for Compassion International. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. Just playing. I'm playing. 
But no, my name is Mutai, and uh, my wife and I, the pretty young, fine, dark chocolate thing in the front row. She wearing all black, and you know, we dark skin, so you can't really see her. You just see a little nod on, you know. It's a dark room, baby. It's a dark room. But uh, <laughs> my beautiful wife, Christine, my two sons are here, and I got one more over in the kids' ministry, and it's super exciting. We made some friends already, and uh, we just thank you guys so much for allowing us to be here. Again, thank you to Pastor Daniel and Amanda for the invite. Again, the relationship that we're developing, I do kind of feel like I'm part of the Vanderclock family now, so I'm just going to claim it. So what? I'm just going to do me. Bible says, speak those things into existence that are not. So I am. Amen, somebody. And I got a flannel shirt on, so I'm matching the family. Come on now. Girl, I was in the store yesterday looking at myself like, yeah, this is the one. Thank you for acknowledging my flannel shirt. I appreciate it. If you got your Bibles with you, go to John chapter 20. That's where we're going to be camping out here. If you don't have a Bible, that's all right. I think we're going to have it on the screen. But we're going to be in John chapter 20. And I'm going to pray one more time and try to get through this message because I promised them I wouldn't take too long. My church back home, I don't promise them that. I just preach. God, we thank you for this time. Speak to us like only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So can I be real with y'all? I am a very skeptical person. Very skeptical. I'm one of those people who doesn't take things at face value. I'm always like, mm, I don't know. I don't know how many people in here who are just like me. They're just skeptical for no skeptical reason at all. I just, somebody in the back is waving, yes. We're just skeptical. Like, we don't believe stuff. People tell us, we were that kid who were like, hey, mom says we're going this way. You're like, uh-uh. I'm not going to believe it till I see it. I'm just a skeptical person by nature. I'm skeptical of everything, y'all. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm skeptical of news media. And I watch the news all the time. (laughs) And my wife asked me the other day, she was like, why do you put yourself through this? I'm like, because I want to know what they're lying to me about. (laughs) You know? You know what I'm dealing with here. I'm skeptical of everything. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical of world crisis. When something happens catastrophic in the world, I'm always like, ooh, what are we not seeing? What are they hiding? What's happening in the shadows? I'm just, I'm a skeptical person. Listen, as a pastor, uh, I, I got to pastor a church called Relevant Church in, in Niles, Michigan, and I've uh, been doing this for the last six years, and God has been doing some incredible things. And uh, being a church planter, so many new people walk in and through the doors, and I'm skeptical of the new people walking in the doors, full transparency, especially when they're coming from that one church. No, I'm just joking. No, but sometimes it's like you're skeptical of people you meet for the first time. Like, is this person genuine? Are you being really, uh, are you being disingenuous? Are are you being really real? Like, I'm just skeptical and I don't know. I've just been disappointed. Do y'all feel me? Just been disappointed, you know. Whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's career, whatever it is, I've been disappointed. And maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you understand what I'm saying. Sometimes being skeptical is a result of experience. And it's interesting how broken promises have a way of controlling your current and future perspectives. Some of us, some of us, 
won't commit to a relationship because our girlfriend broke up with us in the eighth grade. I don't know, I just got, got commitment in this. It was the third grade. Get over it. Some of us don't trust authority because of a dysfunctional parent that we grew up with. And it's hard to trust authority of bosses, of coaches, of pastors. And you're just like, I don't know. I've been burnt a few many times. Some of us uh, won't pursue that dream because that one time that I did and I lost everything, I don't know if I can bring myself to that anymore. I'm skeptical. There's an old samurai from ancient time. I got to get his name right. What was his name? Miyamoto Musashi. I feel like... Miyamoto Musashi used to tell his students this. You know what's the funny thing? Is last time I was here, I think I quoted a Japanese samurai last time. Somebody who remembers it like, ooh, what you be reading, dude? I just come across good quotes. I'm sorry. Um, but this is what he used to tell his, um, his students. He said, the purpose of today's training is to defeat yesterday's understanding. And can we just use that for today? Today, the purpose of today's message is to defeat yesterday's understanding. And so in John chapter 20, we meet a few guys who've endured the brutal murder and loss of their fearless leader. All of their hopes are dashed. All of their hope is lost. The leader who told them that he was coming in to usher in a new kingdom has now been murdered. And now they're, they're, they're stuck trying to figure out what's next. Their hopes are gone. The freedom that they hoped for, this reality that they were beginning to start see manifest, has literally been lost in a moment. Now they've got to look forward to religious oppression or political oppression and everything that they were standing for and everything that they were uh, hoping for and everything that they were working towards is no longer there. It's invalid. And all that is left is going back to life as usual. Now they've got to face those friends and the family members who they turned away from to follow this guy. And all of a sudden, this guy is gone. So they've got to go back and deal with the ridicule like, dude, you're so dumb. We told you this was going to all fall apart. What is wrong with you? Because that's what people love to do. People are like, I don't want to say that I told you so. You just said it. I don't want to say I told you so, but, you know, the, I, I try to have this conversation with you earlier. Have you ever been in a situation when you've invested so much into something and it doesn't work out? Have you ever been in such a situation where everybody's telling you this may not be the greatest idea or, or maybe this may not be the right situation and, and now you're just like, oh, my gosh, maybe they were right. It's, it, it's not happening have you ever had that dream of owning that company? Then you saw that infomercial of that network marketing company. You're like, man, I'm buying all those products. It's going to change my life. I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. Come to find out it didn't work that way for you. 
Now you're stuck with all these products in your house that can't. That's my problem. Sorry. Speaking from my wounds. (laughs) But unbeknownst to them, the miraculous takes place. The miraculous takes place. This is what scripture tells us beginning in verse 19. It says that evening on the first day of the week, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see and showed showed them his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. He spoke to them again and said, Peace be with you uh, as the Father has sent me, so I have sent you. The miraculous takes place. Jesus, who was dead, is now alive. He's back. He's here. He's proven to them it was me. Look at the nail holes. Look at the pierced side. This is me. I'm the Messiah. I'm the guy who was telling you I was going to usher in this new kingdom. But they had no clue because they were sitting in a room depressed that this was not A future is over. I don't know what to do. And then Jesus uh, resurrects and he sends uh, the, the, the women to the house and they come knock on the door and they're like, hey, Jesus is alive. And like, go away, quit lying to us. Don't you know he's dead? We were there. But can I tell you something? If you want to take notes here, miracles are born in the shadows before they're manifested in your presence. There's some miracles that you're waiting for that have already taken place. You're just waiting to get wind of them. God has already orchestrated the plan for you to be delivered from that thing. And while you're sitting there in lament and saying, God, I don't know what's happening. God is saying, I want you to believe for it. Because what you don't even know that you're waiting for has already happened. And it's just a matter of time until it shows up in front of you. Yeah, I'll clap on that too. That was good. But here's the deal. You'll never know when the miracle happens unless you are positioned to receive it. That's why we began the message and said, Lord, whatever it is, I'm here for it. I'm going to believe for it. Jesus is alive. Jesus is there. And for those that are watching online, maybe you stumbled upon this and you were just flipping through Facebook or flipping through YouTube. And what you're seeing now is people talking about Jesus being alive. And it's hard to believe in a guy who was there and then he died and resurrected again because it goes against all of our scientific uh, studies and knowledge. But can I tell you right now, Jesus is alive. Jesus is on his throne and he loves you and he sees you and he knows you are going to be watching this. And so he wants to let you know. I'm here. Are you here for it? So he's appeared to his disciples. But interestingly enough, there was one who wasn't there. There was one who was not present. Verse 24, where we pick up the story, it says one of the disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin. How did he get that nickname? Was he really a twin? I don't know. A twin. Was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe it. He replies, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his hand side. They're excited to share the news. 
The Messiah is here. Jesus is alive. All of our hopes are not lost. He is going to usher in this new kingdom. We have seen him. We had witnessed him. They're excited to let him know. They've witnessed the miraculous. They've experienced the presence of Jesus. They're seeing all, everything that they dreamed about is finally coming to alive. And Thomas is unfazed and unmoved. He's indifferent. He's dismissive. He's skeptical. You ever have one of those friends who just like sucks the wind out of the room when you're excited? Man, you come home, you're excited, you, you go wherever they're at, you, just, you get there and you're like, man, can you believe what this, what happened? And you're super excited and then they're just kind of like, oh, want to go get something to eat? You hear what I just told you? You get excited. You're like, man, I won the lottery. Y'all don't play lottery. Y'all save people. Uh, I won the lottery. <laughs> won a million dollars. And they're like, that's nice for you. I'm still broke. That's why. No, I'm talking. <laughs> He's indifferent. He says, I won't believe it unless. Everybody say Unless. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound on his side. It makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Let's, Let's not be so mad at Thomas right now, guys. It makes a lot of sense. Jesus promised freedom, and now they're fearing imprisonment. Remember, he hasn't seen Jesus yet. That's nice that y'all see him. And, you know, I got to say this real quick. There may be somebody in this room who sees everybody experiencing miracles and you sit here like, I won't believe unless. That's glad. I'm so glad that God did that for you. I'm so glad that he's healing the sick. I'm so glad that he gave you financial provision. I'm so glad he healed your marriage. I'm so glad that he blessed your child. I'm so glad that you got blessed in your business. But I haven't seen it yet. I won't believe it unless. It makes sense because they've seen tragedy all throughout their lives. They've seen disappointment. They've seen sadness and eh, all of Jesus' promise. Now, scenes for, P- for Thomas, because he hasn't experienced him yet. He's like, dude, do you realize where we're at? We're sitting in a room afraid for our lives. What are you talking about, Jesus alive? You guys are drinking the same Kool-Aid that the girls knocked on the door and told us that Jesus was alive? What are you, what's, what's the matter with you guys? You guys are grown men. He said, Jesus says he was the way, the truth, and the life. Now they are trying to figure out their future and defend what everybody else says was a lie and was a farce and have to fear for their lives at their necks. Thomas is like, you guys aren't thinking clearly. You guys have not seen what is just taking place. You don't have the facts. What is wrong with you? I will never believe. It says in another translation, I won't believe. But again, let's not judge Thomas so fast. How many of us are living in Jesus' name? I heard that. Somebody's reading the Bible too. Praise God for you. (laughs) Reading the Bible while you're at church. That's how you do it, bro. I feel that. 
He's like, I didn't catch up with my uh, devotion this morning. I'm going to read the Bible plan. I'm just messing with you. How many of us are living an unless life? I won't forgive unless. I won't share how I feel unless. I won't move or take action unless. I won't commit unless. I won't give my yes unless. And what miracles are you missing out because of your unless? Some of us agree with him. We can resonate with Thomas. I just need the facts. Have those friends in your life who just need the facts? They need all the details. Hey, we're going we're gonna to go on this trip. What time we're leaving? When are we going? What are we wearing? What do I need to pack? When is this? Can I have this? Can I have this? I'm just like, dude, stop it. I got a friend back home on our team. We get to travel together every once in a while. He always wants all the facts. I need all the facts. I need to know where we're going to be, what we're going to be doing at all times. I need a schedule. I need a three-point plan on everything that we're going to be doing when we're there. And I'm petty because I know the plan. I don't give it to him. I'm like, I don't know. He said, what do you mean you don't know? You're the one who planned this trip. I know. We're just going to fly by the seat of our pants. We can't do that. I know. But we can. (laughs) It's brutal. I put him through it all the time. But it makes sense because Thomas is like, why would I believe blindly? I believe that Jesus was the Messiah and now he's dead. Remember, we're going back. It feels like we keep going back and forth. Yeah, because that's what's going on in Thomas's mind. This is what many of us do. We try to reason. We try to figure out. We try to get the facts. We try to understand how could this really have happened? Why would I put myself back in a state of hope just to be disappointed again? So he makes a declaration. I won't believe unless. I touch his hand. I touch his side and I see it for myself. I love Jesus. Because in the very next verse, you know, Jesus knows everything. So he's in there talking uh, uh, to the rest of the guys. I won't believe unless. And Jesus in there doing his Jesus thing, being omniscient and omnipresent. And, you know, "Mm, okay, okay, Thomas. I got one for you. Verse 26. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, oh, look who happens to be there. Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. He said, peace be with you. I finally get it why Jesus had to say peace be with you twice. Because if I'm sitting in a locked room and the doors are closed and somebody just appears, I don't care who it was, ain't going to be so peaceful. I'm be like, what? In the, did y'all see this? And Jesus is like, peace be with you. Peter is already known for pulling out daggers. 2020, all my guys will be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus is like, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. 
and see my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. Oh. How amazing is that? It gets even better. But before we get there, I just want you to just see what's taking place here. Jesus shows up supernaturally so that Thomas could experience him naturally. Jesus walks through walls so that he can enter Thomas's heart. Jesus lets Thomas feel him so that he can heal him. He breaks protocol so Thomas can declare him Lord of all. Well, preacher, what are you talking about? He breaks protocol. If you go up to verse 13, Mary is walking down the road. She's sad. She's depressed. Jesus shows up to her. Hey, why are you sad? She looks at Jesus because she doesn't know who he is. Don't you know what has happened? Hey, homeboy, are you an idiot? Are you blind? Can you imagine her talking to Jesus like that? And the moment she realized it was actually Jesus. Because you know when you're in a bad mood, you don't want to be bothered with. So she's like, dude. What's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? Who are you? You don't know what the heck has just happened? You don't know what has been the craziest story on TMZ over these last six weeks? And he says, Mary. And in that moment, her eyes are open and she sees the Messiah. She says, Jesus, Lord of all, King of kings, blessed Messiah, Redeemer. Lover of our soul. She sees him and she says that I'm born. She's like, master. And she goes to hug him and he says, don't touch me. I have not ascended to the father yet. Yet when he gets to Thomas, he sees Thomas's unbelief. He sees the authentic, uh, uh, authenticity of Thomas's struggle. And he says, you know what? I'm going to break protocol because I need you to declare I am Lord of all. Touch me. Feel me. Experience me. Unless, unless, everybody say unless. Unless is evidence of unbelief. See, disappointment can create the blind spot in our life that we don't even know is there, that it's lying dormant of doubt and unbelief. Man, you can come up here because I I really, I'm going to make a request. Can we go back into that song, Believe For It? Unless is evidence of unbelief and disappointment creates this blind spot in our lives. Many of us are wonder why we walk around so skeptical, so doubtful, so unbelieving of so many people or so many situations or different encounters in our life because it's been creating this blind spot in our life of doubt and unbelief. But can I tell you guys something? Sincere unbelief Sincere unbelief is a dare God is willing to take. 
I'm not talking unbelief for belief's sake so I can prove it to God so I can get what I want. But that authentic understanding of like, Jesus, I believe, heal my unbelief. I'm just going to be authentic and let you know that I I know that you can. I know that you have. I, I know that you would. But I'm wondering if you will for me. Where is your unless? Where is your unless? Where are you finding it hard to believe for? It's easy when you're in a room full of Christians to to believe like, oh, we all believe in Jesus. Uh, Here's a question. Do you not only believe in Jesus, do you believe Jesus? Because there's a difference between believing in God and believing God. Where is your unless? Unless didn't stop Jesus from showing up. Come on, hallelujah. Unless didn't stop Jesus from breaking protocol. Unless didn't stop Jesus for humbling himself and taking the form of the servant and saying, I am Lord of all, but I am willing to serve you so you can believe in me. In fact, unless drew Jesus closer. It was interesting as I was studying this, I just decided to go deep and nerd out on the word unless. And un, the prefix un means not. So unless becomes not less or nothing less. Oh, somebody going to catch that, pastor. Unless becomes not less or nothing less. Why would Jesus show up when somebody exposes their unbelief? Because Jesus saw through the words that Thomas was saying and saw through to the heart cry of Thomas. Thomas was saying, I won't believe nothing less than Jesus showing me his side. I won't believe nothing less than Jesus showing me his hands. I won't believe nothing less than experiencing the manifest presence of Jesus in my life. So Jesus, unless you show up for me. I won't believe nothing less. Thomas's heart was disappointed by unmet expectation, but his soul longed for the promise of the eternal presence of Jesus. How do we know? Because the first time Thomas wasn't there, the next time Thomas is sitting right there. I'm y'all ain't going nowhere without me. Because if Jesus is showing up for you, that means he's gonna show up for me. If he's showing up at your house, I'm coming to your house. I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna be waiting for Jesus to show up. I don't care what I gotta do, I don't care where I gotta be be. Jesus showed up and I'm going to position myself for the miracle. 
The miraculous happens when you posture yourself to expect nothing less than Jesus showing up and showing out because he reminds us I will never leave you nor forsake you. If the father is worried about a little bird falling out of the sky, what more you who was created in his image? And I wonder if I've got some unless believers in here or some nothing less believers in here. And I know we got a little bit of time. So I just want to extend this moment for a moment for anybody in this room who's saying two things. One person is saying, Jesus, I see how everybody worships and has their hands raised and has this weird connection with you, but every time I walk into the place, I feel nothing. I'm numb. And I won't leave unless you show up. Or maybe there's somebody in this room that is waiting on a miracle, waiting on a situation to be turned on its head, waiting for God to show up. And you've seen the miracles take place for everybody else. And you're saying, God, I'm not going to believe anything less, nothing less than you showing up for me too. Because I know you're good and your love is everlasting. And and so, God, if that is who you are, I'm not just going to believe in you. Today, I'm declaring, I believe you. I'm not going to believe nothing less. Can we go back into that song? Come on, hands in a posture of reception again. God, you are in this moment. You're in this room. You're in this moment. You said... I believe it. You said it is done. And I believe it. Heal my unbelief. You said it, Jesus. I'm declaring today I'm not going to expect nothing less than what you said to come to pass for my life. 